0: Now reading this morning, our Bible reading, comes from the book of Acts. It's Acts chapter 2, verses 22 through to 39. And towards the end of this passage, you'll perhaps recognize some of the words uh, that are found in the baptismal uh, service. So let's read uh, together. This is the Apostle um, Peter uh, speaking to the crowds in Jerusalem. Fellow Israelites, listen to this. the paths of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence. Fellow Israelites, I can tell you confidently that the patriarch David died and was buried. And his tomb is here to this day. But he was a prophet and knew that God had promised him on oath that he would place one of his descendants on his throne. Seeing what was to come, he spoke of the resurrection of the Messiah, that he was not abandoned to the realm of the dead, nor did his body see decay. God had raised this Jesus to life, and we are all witnesses of it, exalted to the right hand of God. He has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit and has poured out what you now see and hear. For David did not ascend to heaven, and yet he said, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, Repent. And be baptized, every one of you. In the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children. And for all who are far off. For all whom the Lord, our God, will call. Amen. God will bless this reading from his holy word. Let's just pray together before we look at God's Word this morning. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that your Word is inspired by your Holy Spirit. And we pray that as we consider your Word today, that you might speak into our lives and our hearts, that we might know encouragement, that we might know the depth of your love for us. For we pray these things in Jesus' name. And for his sake, amen. I think everyone would agree that these last 18 months or so have been really strange and really difficult for everyone. And although things are improving, the fact that we are sitting here today, numbers slightly restricted, with masks on, it tells us that things are not back to what we know As normal, quite yet. And maybe as you reflect over the past 18 months or so, you can see how much your own life has changed. From a place where perhaps you face the daily commute on the train, the bus, or in the car, to time off, or furlough, or working from home, and all that's the stress that that has brought. And those of us who have children, You've been through, haven't you, the stresses of homeschooling. And if you're anything like me, you hope that that never returns again. And then, do you remember those dark days of deep lockdown? When you were only allowed to go out of your house for one round of exercise per day, or to go to the supermarket for shopping? And going to the supermarket seemed like such an adventure, didn't it? Wow! Wow! Who would have thought going to Morrison's or to Aldi would be so exciting? Life has changed. Perhaps changed forever. It's really hard to tell, isn't it? Now, during this time, as, as life has changed so much, people have been asking questions. And they've been reevaluating their life and reevaluating their priorities. They've been asking questions How, how did this happen? Could the government have have done more? And they would be asking personal questions. Could my life go in a different direction? What are the priorities in my life? With so many falling sick and even dying, people have also been asking the big questions of life. Why has this happened? Is there a meaning to this all? Is there an ultimate meaning of life? is there a God even? Huge questions, I believe, are important for all of us to consider. Now, sometimes if we're honest, we we often don't get time to explore those big questions, do we? Life is is so busy. We're so concerned with the the now that, that we don't get that opportunity to be still, to think for a moment. What about these big questions? And even with all that's happened over these last 18 months, I suspect that a lot of the big questions that people were were asking have stopped being asked as life has become busier once more. Now this morning I want to just very briefly explore one of the big questions. And the question is this. If God exists, then what am I to do about it? If God exists, what am I to do about it? You see, some of us go through life never really thinking about the existence of God. We go through our life, we get up in the morning, we have our breakfast, we get the kids off to school, we, we go to our work, When we come home, we watch the football, we go to the golf, we do our bowling, we watch something on Netflix. We don't consider the big questions of life. We perhaps have never really thought For any extended time about the existence of God. Now, of course, some people don't believe in the existence of God. As was commonly said during the First World War, there are no atheists in the trenches. And I believe that there are times in our life when things happen, when we're confronted with the possibility that God is there. Sometimes when illness comes into our life or tragedy, tragedy in our own life or or in the world, such as in Afghanistan at this present moment, sometimes we're confronted with eternity just by looking out at the, the vastness of the ocean. Or looking up at the the vastness of the sky on a clear night and having a sense of your own smallness and thinking, this wasn't just an accident. There must be more to life than this. In our passage today, in the book of Acts, there are those who are confronted with something they cannot explain. You see, the disciples of Jesus have all been together. And then something suddenly happens to them. Suddenly, the the Holy Spirit comes upon them. And the people, as they've been up in an upper room, as they spill out onto the street, all these people in Jerusalem who are there for a festival, they hear these disciples speaking in different languages and all praising God. And those who are there in Jerusalem at that time, they don't know what to do. They don't know how to respond to this strange thing that has happened and that they're witnessing. That is, until one of the disciples, Peter, gets up and begins to explain what it's all about. That these disciples are praising God because of what has happened to Jesus. Because Jesus was God's Son come into the world, He died for the sins of the world something that we celebrate at Easter, and he'd been resurrected as promised. And all these disciples spilling out onto the streets, speaking in these different languages, were were praising God. And it wasn't an everyday occurrence. This was something spectacular, something amazing. And the the disciples had, had witnessed what had happened to Jesus, and now something amazing had happened to them. Now, those who were there in Jerusalem at that time saw this sight, saw these disciples praising God in all these different languages. They heard what Peter had to say about this, saying, this is what's happened. Jesus has come into the world. He was put to death, and now he's risen to life. And this has changed our lives completely. And as they hear what Peter has to say, it says in our passage, that those who were there were cut to the heart. Cut to the heart. So much so that the only question that was on their lips was, brothers, what shall we do? What shall we do? As they heard about Jesus dying on the cross, paying for sin, being resurrected from the dead, they said, well, we've got to respond. In some way, we have to respond. And sometimes in our own life, when we're confronted with something that we don't understand, or we're confronted with the existence of God, that is the question on our lips as we're cut to the heart. The question is, what should I do? If it's true that God exists, what should I do? If it's true that Jesus existed, what should I do? If it's true that Jesus died on the cross for my sin, what should I do? If it's true that he was raised from the dead, what should I do? And in this passage today, Peter gives an answer as part of our baptismal service. He says, repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now repent, what what does that mean? That's a strange word, isn't it? It means turning, turning from sin, turning from pleasing ourselves and instead living for God, living for His glory, living to please Him. Now, you might think to yourself, well, why would I want to do that? I like being in control of my own life. I like doing what I want to do. And to live out my life for God, well, sounds boring to me. All I would say to you this morning as well, Try it. Find out. See, speak to a Christian. See if they find it boring. Perhaps you'll find it's anything but. You see, sometimes we think Christianity all about rules, all about keeping the Ten Commandments, it's all about being religious. But it's not true. What's it about truly? It's about faith and grace. And love. We like love, don't we? It's about God reaching out to us in our brokenness and in the brokenness of the world and bringing forgiveness, hope, and peace. And it's for any of us. As it says in our passage today, the promise is for you and for your children, whoever the Lord our God might call. You see, you're not too bad for God. Of course, there are things in all our lives that we're all ashamed of. But if you recognize that you are a sinner who needs forgiveness and love and hope, if you know deep inside there's something missing in your life, you have this unexplained guilt and you don't know where it's coming from, well, forgiveness, hope, life, That's what faith in Jesus brings. And so I encourage you today, as we come together to celebrate Cameron's baptism, and all this means, let's all reflect on our own lives, reflect on our own response to God, because he is looking, he is watching, he is waiting, he's longing for you to come to him. And to put your faith in him. Sometimes we think God is up there with a big stick or a finger. He just wants to crush you. Sometimes we think, you know, God is up there. You know, he just wants to crush us down below. That's so far from the truth. In the Bible, there's a story of the lost son, the prodigal son, someone who is miles away from God. And in the story, every single day, what happens? The father longs for his son, who is estranged from him, to come home. And so he's out there on the road looking, watching, waiting. Finally, the prodigal son comes to his senses, having spent all the money he's got, having found himself in financial dire straits, having found himself right at the bottom. He thinks, do you know something? I'm just going to go home as he walks home what happens the father's there watching waiting now in those times it was very undignified for an older person to run but it tells us in the bible that this father looking out for his son begins to run begins to run towards his son his son is home home where he should be forgiven knowing love once more God is watching, he's waiting, he's longing for you to come to him, to put your faith and trust in him. What will you do today? Will you let this moment slip by or will you reflect on life's big questions? God, eternity, faith, Jesus, forgiveness, hope. Will you reflect on those things? And lastly today, there were some who laughed at the disciples as they spilled out onto the street and praised God in these different languages. They laughed at the disciples because they thought it was weird. And they actually thought the disciples were drunk. And maybe today you think that all we've been speaking about today has no relevance for you that for you, your life is just going along quite nicely. Thanks very much. But I'd ask you to reflect this morning. There are no atheists in the trenches. Do you really think that this life is all there is? Do you really think that there is no God? Do you really think there won't be a time when all the wrong things won't be made right? When we see all the injustice in the world... don't think that's unfair if there's no God it's never going to be made right that seems rubbish doesn't it when push comes to shove I know what I would rather believe what about you Peter says repent turn around be baptized a sign of change and forgiveness will come And there will be the promise of the Holy Spirit. God dwelling within. The promise is for you. If only you will accept it. The promise is for your children. For all who are far off. Even the most unlikely person. The promise is for them. For all whom the Lord, our God, will call.